0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever have some really powerful emotions that are just hard to control you have to work really hard to control them maybe it's uh, you just get really angry about something or or you're jealous and you're you're wondering about this other person you're really competitive all the time with them or maybe you worry about what other people think of you and you just find yourself you're always worrying what do they think what are they thinking do they like me do they not like me did i say the right thing or maybe you, you struggle with feeling discouraged you can get really blue about life you just feel like ah oh, i'm just not good enough and it's just hard. And I just feel like I keep failing. You struggle with discouragement, or maybe you struggle with lust, lustful thoughts, lustful glances, or you struggle with anxiety. You know, our emotions are are a mess. They're all over the place ever since the fall. But did you know that Jesus wants to heal your emotions? He wants to heal your desires. He doesn't just want you to control those emotions. He wants to heal them. He wants those emotions to be ordered, toward what will give you peace, toward what is really good for you, toward your happiness. Wouldn't it be amazing if you didn't have to just control those emotions all the time, suppress them and press the emergency brake? I won't be angry. I won't give in to those discouraging thoughts. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our emotions actually helped us do what's good and helped us live a happy life? Well, we're going to talk about the deep healing Jesus wants to do in all of our lives. This isn't just for the super saints. This is for ordinary Christians. This is the work of our sanctification. Sometimes I think we think holiness is just about, oh, I I do all these prayers, and I do all these devotions, and and, and I avoid all these sins. And No, no, no. God wants to get really deep. I mean, yes, he He'll use our devotions, and He wants to heal us of our sins, of course, but He wants to go deep to the roots of our sins. And that's many times found in our disordered, inerrant emotions, as the Catholic tradition describes our fallenness in our emotional sphere. God wants to heal that. And and it's so liberating, so freeing when we can experience that interior freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about. In this week's podcast. So, welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And today I'm going to be sharing with you some insights from a book I wrote about the virtues and the virtuous life. And I don't think that many people think about the virtues and the emotions. But according to the great doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas, this is what God really wants to do in our lives. He loves us so deeply. He doesn't just want us to have to keep fighting against those emotions, those negative thoughts, those lustful thoughts, those prideful thoughts, those envious thoughts. He doesn't want us to have to keep fighting against them. We have to work really hard, don't get me wrong, especially when we're at the beginning stage of the spiritual life. But eventually that, that Holy Spirit that he gave us is going to start to, to seep into the depths of our soul and begin to heal those emotions at the very start. So with that background, I'm going to share with you a story. I'm going to give you a quiz. We're going to do a quiz right now here. Ready? So I'm going to tell you a true story, uh, and then I'm going to tell you a second story that's that's similar. Um, but the true story is this: I, I had a friend who once went to a consignment store and was buying some boots. Bought the boots, came home, and then when she tried on the second boot, the the one on the other foot that she hadn't tried on at the store, she she felt something at the bottom of the boot, and and she. Took, the, took her foot out and shook out the bu- the boot and, and she discovered a diamond earring. It was a big diamond earring, really expensive. And what did she do? She just took it right back. She said, oh, wow, somebody must have left this in their boot for some reason by accident. Maybe the consignment store can contact the original owner. And, uh, I, and she just went right back to the consignment store right away to turn in the earring. Now, that's a true story. That's what happened to my friend. Pretty amazing. But imagine if there was another woman that went to a consignment store, bought a boot, and found a diamond earring when she came home unexpectedly and pulled out that earring and said, wow, man, that these are beautiful. I've always wanted diamond earrings like this. And somebody left them here. And I bet they'd Totally forgot about them. I think maybe I'll I'll keep these. Uh, they look really good on me. And then she tries them on. She looks at herself in the mirror, and says, Wow, these are the diamond earrings I've always wanted, just like this. And they just fell into my lap right here in this boot. This is awesome. But then part of her conscience starts to kind of speak to her, and she's thinking, Oh, I, I don't know if I should do this. These aren't mine. You know, I this would be stealing. I, I should probably go turn them in. But then she's thinking, wow, but I've got that date later this week with that guy. And man, I'd look really good in these diamond earrings. Maybe I should, I'll just keep them. No one will know. It's not that big of a deal. But then again, her conscience bothers her a bit. She says, no, that wouldn't be the right thing. I should turn them in. And she's going back and forth wrestling with it. But finally, she resists the temptation to to keep the earrings for herself. And she goes to the consignment store and turns the earrings in. Now, here's my question for you. Which woman in these two scenarios exhibits more virtue? My friend, the first woman who just said, oh, oh, these aren't mine, I'll I'll go turn them in. Or the second woman who felt the temptation She felt the the, the pull in her heart to to maybe keep the earrings for herself. And and she really feels the weight of this and and decides, no, I'm going to resist that temptation. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go turn these in. Who exhibits more virtue? Many people would say the second woman. I've actually used this scenario in many classes and many conferences I've given. And uh, many people say the second one, right? Because she felt the weight of the temptation. She had to resist something. The first person just turned the diamond earrings in. It was no big deal for her. But the second woman, wow, there was a real wrestling with a temptation. And, and she chose, consciously chose to do the right thing and, and resist those those selfish desires, resist uh, that temptation, Well, here's the issue. Actually, the first person is more virtuous. My friend actually this really happened to her. She's a virtuous woman and found the diamond earrings and she just turned it right in. You see, because virtue isn't just about doing the right thing. They both did the right thing in the end. Both women here turned the diamond earring in. The first woman, my friend, the real story here, uh, she's just the kind of person that doesn't think about stealing things. (laughs) She's a just person. She's about fairness. She always wants to do what's right. She's thinking of other people, not just taking advantage of situations for herself. That's just the kind of person she is. She's a virtuous person. She knew these weren't her diamond earrings. She knew that she could turn them into the consignment store and they'd probably be able to get them to the rightful owner. Whereas the second woman, even though she did the right thing in the end, she was really—you like, could tell there's a, there's a part of her that that wasn't wanting to do the right thing, you know. So I, I, I don't want to—I don't want you to take this in the wrong way. I want you to know that she did do a virtuous deed in the end, and the angels are rejoicing that she did the right thing, that she resisted temptation, but she shouldn't have had the temptation to begin with if she's a virtuous woman if she's a just person a fair woman a woman that that is honest a woman that doesn't steal property from other people if that's who she is if she's truly virtuous in a fuller sense she wouldn't she wouldn't be tempted to to take this let me give an example i want to make this concrete here i mean who do you think is i'll use an example from the gym who's better at weightlifting the man that can you know he pushes himself really hard to to try to bench 200 pounds. He's never crossed the 200 mark and you know he's been working up to 190, then 195 and finally one day he benches 200 pounds for the first time. It's amazing. And then there's the, the second man next to him at the gym who benches 200 pounds easily 10 times just for warm up. <laughs> who has more ability at the bench press? Who 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 is has greater strength in his arm, the first guy or the second one? Well, they both benched 200, right? But the first guy just barely did it. He did it just the first time. Whereas the second guy, he's just doing it like second nature. It's just easy for him. It, you know, it's clearly he has more strength. Let me give you an even more concrete example here. Imagine if there was a husband that was propositioned by another woman to have an affair and he comes home to his wife, you know, and and says, "Wow, honey, you won't believe what happened today. There was a woman proposition me and I, you know, I have to be honest, I was really thinking about it. Oh man, I I really wanted to. Uh I wanted to go with her and it was really. I mean, I I almost did, but but you'll be so proud of me, honey. I I resisted that temptation. I'm such a good virtuous husband." I don't think that's going to go over well in most marriages. <laughs> right? Because if if a man's truly faithful to his wife, the idea of someone propositioning him is not something, it's not even really an option for a true virtuous man. It's not something he even really you know is going to contemplate. He's going to say, Get behind me, Satan, <laughs> you know, just immediately turn away, right? He's not going to wrestle with it and dialogue with the temptation. Uh, the man that does that, there's something wrong in his heart, there's something wrong in his soul. Doesn't mean he's evil to the core, but, there, but ser- we can see clearly here that even though he did the right thing in the end, there's something off in his heart he wasn't completely faithful to his wife. There is a part of his heart that didn't want to be faithful that was that was going in this other direction. He clearly doesn't possess as much virtue, and so what we're going to see is the the idea of growing in virtue isn't just about resisting our our fallen desires, suppressing uh, our emotions and and, and controlling our emotions. We need to do that. We need to control our emotions in emergency situations many times. Um, In fact, Aquinas describes that as the, it's the quality or the virtue of continence. It's kind of like the emergency break. You know, you're glad your car has an emergency brake, right? You need it sometimes. You need to be able to just go, oh, wow, I, you know, my other brake isn't working or I'm on this big incline. I need the emergency brake. But you don't want to use your emergency brake all the time. You'll break your car. <laughs> you know, you, you want your car just functioning properly. You want the brakes just normally working. You don't want to have to use the emergency brake all the time. And so uh, I think a sign of a soul that's maturing becoming more like Jesus, growing in holiness, growing in virtue, they they need to use the emergency brake less and less. Now, let's be patient with ourselves. We all need that. We need to resist those temptations, right? Like I, I'll just say in my own life, I, I know that there's times where something's happening in our house with the kids and I'm just really frustrated with something, you know, like they're not obeying, they're misbehaving, they're being disrespectful. And I, I can catch myself that I'm, I'm about to explode. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really be angry at someone and I know I shouldn't do that. Uh, uh, even though I'm fuming inside, I'm gonna resist that temptation to give into my anger. Uh, maybe I might even have to bite my tongue or take a deep breath. I, I've, I'll be honest, there's times where I had to like calmly walk out of a room because I know if I stay here, I, I'm just gonna be angry. And I'm, I'm grateful I had the emergency break in those situations so I didn't have a blow up. But wouldn't it be so much better if I didn't need that emergency break in the first place? If I didn't get so upset in the first place? You know there was there's something going on and uh, yes my kids might be disobedient or misbehaving. But wouldn't it be better if I maintained some interior peace? Maintained, you know, peace of mind and you know cuz I I I'll be honest my kids have told me sometimes they could tell dad's fuming inside. Wouldn't it be better if, even if I didn't have an outburst, I didn't raise my voice, but they can all tell I'm really mad. Wouldn't it be better if, you know, they just simply saw a stern face, you know, I looked at them, you know, I gave them that eye I said, please behave. You know, or I just address them. Maybe I have to use a firm voice. Maybe I have to step in and discipline them, ground them, send them to their room. And that's part of being a dad, <laughs> you know, so nothing wrong with that. But wouldn't it be wonderful if I just, did it, you know, not in a way where I just had to suppress all this anger, you know? And again, this this is things that they take a, a lifetime. But I can tell you, I've noticed. I, I'm just thinking about this last week. There was something that happened in our household, and it's the kind of thing that would make me normally, rawr, you know, really lose my temper. And I noticed I was a little more chill. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I know that's not me. That's God's grace. And and don't get me wrong, I still struggle with these things. But at least there was one moment of. Victory, and I really know it wasn't me. I, I, and the victory wasn't that I didn't yell. The victory was that I just wasn't that upset in the first place. Kind of like you know, yeah, unfortunate that happened. I'm gonna to have to address this, but it's not that big of a deal. It's not. It's not the end of the world. I was just a little more calm, a little more chill about it. And and I'm, I'm grateful for those moments. And really, I know it's not me. I know it's God's grace changing my heart. He, you know, helping me to learn not to get upset about things that aren't worthy of getting too upset about. Same thing. Do you sometimes worry about what other people think of you? You know, you're you're at the office or at the parish or at a group of friends and and you kind of wonder, oh, do they like me or you know, does my boss like what I'm doing? Do the other, my colleagues, you know, and sometimes maybe you wonder like, did they like my presentation? Did they like my work? Did they like what I said or should I have said it that way? Or I wonder what this person thinks. And uh, maybe these two friends like each other more than they like me. And you get these weird things going on where you're just, you know, you're worried about what others think. You're comparing yourself to others. And then you have to tell yourself, no, that's not true. I, I, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. My identity is found there. My worth is not found in what other people think of me. And I'm, you know, you know, so I might, you know, I, I might, I might be able to control that, but wouldn't it be just wonderful if I just live more peacefully and was just not so vain that that's the sin of vanity where my, I, I, I'm just so worried about what other people are thinking of me and I want to con, can try to manage other people's perceptions. Wouldn't it be better if I was just free from that to begin with? And again, most of us are never going to be fully free. know Throughout our life, we're going to find little struggles, but really God does heal us gradually, slowly, not just helping us avoid sin, but he heals the depths of our emotions. So we don't even have to fight against them. The emotions are actually helping us. They're working for us toward what is good. Do you struggle with worry and anxiety? I talked about that in an episode earlier this summer and You know, Maybe you're anxious and then you finally tell yourself, okay, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to fall into this anxiety. I'm not going to worry about all this and worry about the future. I'm going to trust God. But you're really working at trying to control those discouraging, worrying, anxious thoughts. But wouldn't it be wonderful if you just trusted God from the beginning? That there was just more, like when that... Thing that happens, and you start to worry, and you're wondering what's going to happen in the future, and all the if, if as soon as like that thing happens again, you just start to notice, yeah, it's going to be okay. God's in charge. I I, I trust the Lord Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. This is this is hard to hear. I'm wondering how this is going to turn. I am concerned, but I know I can be anxious. But Lord, I I, I trust in you, and you find yourself not going down that downward spiral of worry and anxiety. Wouldn't it be wonderful? God can really do that. These are the miracles that God works all the time. I mean, I think sometimes we get so fascinated by saints that, you know, bilocate and can fly and (laughs) levitate in prayer or whatever. and, And that's great. But did you know God does great miracles all the time in just ordinary people like you and me? And we don't even notice it. It's just over time, if we're really praying and we're really asking Lord to help us, to help us to grow in virtue, help us in these areas, help us to heal our emotions, that he really does answer those prayers. And over time, we eventually start to notice our emotions working for us instead of, you know, us having to work and resist them all the time. So in summary, I want to highlight this here think of this as the virtuous man isn't just, isn't just the man that does the right thing. It's not just about an external act. I did the right thing. It's about an inner strength, an inner ability that I can draw upon at any time. And that involves the healing of my emotions so that I, I, my emotions are assisting me toward what is good. It's, it's about my heart, not just my exterior obedience. And we all have the experience though of, of struggling, like Romans 7 tells us the effects of original sin. St. Paul says, you know, why do I do the 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 very thing I hate, you know, and I, I do not do what I want, I do the very thing I hate. And we've all had that experience of our emotions taking over. And we and and we give in to our emotions. And we we could think of the victory as I resisted my emotions, and that is a little victory. We need the emergency break. We need that that continence to be able to say no and resist our emotions when they're really strong. But again, God doesn't want us battling our emotions all the time. He wants to heal them. He, he wants us to love him and others with all our heart. I'm going to share with you. This is a quote from, from the book I wrote about growing in virtue. Uh, this, is on, this is in the, the Art of Living. I say this, this is a crucial point to grasp. The truly virtuous person doesn't, doesn't just do the right thing. He also desires rightly. As we grow in virtue in this spiritual life, our emotions become more rightly ordered. Through much effort and even more grace, our desires become less a part of temptations that need to be resisted. Instead of something to constantly battle against, our passions become more like inner powers that actually assist us in our pursuit of what's good. When our desires are properly trained, they equip us to pursue the good passionately (laughs) we run after good things with all the intensity of our passions so that's what we want to aim for here do you ever pray for god to heal your emotions i think we pray for god to heal us of our wounds maybe we pray to heal us of our sins and addictions and we should do that but we should also pray for god's healing to go deeper deep into the, the roots of our sins are often are, are found in that area of where our emotions just take over <laughs> and we give into them. So if you notice yourself, you struggle with anger, say, Jesus, please free me from, from this. Heal my anger. Let me use the emergency brake when I need to. But I pray, Jesus, you, you, you help me not be so angry about things that aren't worthy of being so angry about. Help me to, to temper that anger. Do you talk to him about that? Do you tell him that you, you struggle with discouragement, that you often get sad about, you know, your life is hard, your life you feel like is not going anywhere, you, you feel like you're a failure, you feel like it's just it's just overwhelming all that you have to do at work or all that you have to do at home and the children and keeping the house clean and whatever it is, you just, you just get easily discouraged. You'd ever just talk to Jesus about that? Because when you have the weight of discouragement, you're not able to fully give yourself joyfully to God, to your spouse, to your kids, to your roommate, to your friends. Jesus wants to free you from that discouragement. He wants to free you from worry and anxiety and lust, all, all these things. Uh, he really does it. name it. Say, say, Lord, I, I just I'm I'm always comparing myself to other people. Free me from that. He wants to heal you at the deepest level so that your emotions aren't something you simply resist, they're something that actually help you. It's a lifetime process, and for many of us, it'll continue into purgatory, I think. But let's pray. Let's pray with the great St. Thomas Aquinas that God may heal us deeply at the level of our emotional life. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. If you wanna learn more about the healing of our emotions and uh, and the virtuous life as a whole, check out my book, The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love. And you can always reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you have any questions, find me there or find me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. God bless.